Welcome to the York County Economic Alliance podcast series produced by Bold Creative Media. As York County's official Chamber of Commerce and Economic Development Organization, we're here as a resource center to connect you to specialized funding, business services, advocacy programs, and events to help you and your business thrive. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the York County Economic Alliance podcast. Kevin Schreiber, your regular host, is elsewhere today, so I'll be filling in. My name's Doug Henderson from Bold Creative Media, and today we'll be interviewing none other than Kevin Schreiber. Hey, Doug. It's great to be here. Welcome to the podcast, sir. How's it feel to be on the other side of the table? It's a little intimidating, uh, I have to say. It's uh, it's exciting. It's probably one of the most fearful moments of my life really? uh, to be staring you down, but to be three feet away is also an enjoyable experience. I was going to say, I feel like I have that kind of... Intimidating. You've got an energy. Like, it could be the studio lighting, or it could be your hat. I'm not <laughs> sure, but you have a, a very inviting, but also intimidating energy. It's uh, you cover both gamuts. You really, it's a wide spectrum. You're making me blush. Yeah. Well, nonsense. No one's looking. Now my turn. I have a list of questions here that I'm going to ask you. Okay. And these are apparently approved. By Kate Gaudette. I uh, and I think I may have proofread read them. Oh no, I'm geez. just kidding. You're I didn't cheating. do that. I did not do that. I, yeah, I pinky you did. swear. All right, tell us a little bit about your first couple months. What five? What did we say? Five months? Six, six months? Coming up on five months now. Well, uh, so first couple months with the YCEA, mm -hmm. not like alive. Yes. Right. Okay. All right. Because those were great months too. I don't remember a whole lot of it. Um, <laughs> but th these past five months, these past several months have been, it's been awesome. Um, you know, I started on December 1st and here we are in spring uh, as we sit today recording this, but um, it's been a blast. Uh, honest to God, it's been a great experience. It's been a whole lot of fun. It's been a learning as anyone has done a job transition. You know, it's the drinking water from a fire hose uh, metaphor, but it's been um a really exceptional experience. I think we've gotten a heck of a lot done in these past five months, and certainly, you know, that foreshadows a whole heck of a lot more. But, you know, we have a great team here at YCEA, um, great people, good work that's being done every day. And I think, you know, part of uh, right out the gate, part of what my job has been to do is to try to amplify uh, all telling the story of all that we do, which is, you know, part of being here and doing podcasts with you today. But, um, you know, it's uh, it's been a great transition. It's been a natural evolution for me as to what I've done in the past, and certainly what what we've uh, been working on at YCEA. So having a having a blast, having fun, and uh, really, you know, it's been a, a great experience. So for everyone out there who's ever transitioned into a new role, we all know that uh, you have certain expectations coming in, and then inevitably you're surprised. Yeah. So what were some of the biggest surprises you've had so far? Uh, probably just how much this organization does, and that's not um, the obligatory, you know, kind of plug for YCEA. But it, it's true; we are a very complex organization. We have all of the aspects of a chamber of commerce that, you know, traditionally one may think of, whether it's the networking events, whether it's the, uh, you know, the after hours, the economics clubs, the golf outings, the events, things like that. We also have all of the components of an economic development corporation, where we're building buildings, doing brick and mortar, site selection with industry. We're helping businesses to grow and expand here. Um, we do uh, a whole heck of a lot in workforce and education where we're really trying to help be the conduit between education and business and identifying what the workforce needs are today and certainly what they are tomorrow and 10 years from now. So we are a very complex organization. 
And then underneath that, you have all of these countywide authorities that most people don't generally, you know, know all the ins and outs of municipal authorities on a daily basis. But whether it's your county industrial development authority, redevelopment authority, general authority, all of these uh, entities that we staff. And at the end of the day, everything that I just talked about is just a tool to get the job done. And the job is just enhancing your county, um, growing prosperity, and certainly positioning your county for success. So we are a very complex organization. Our constituencies, our, our audience is everyone in your county, you know, and it's really depends on what your interest is, whether it's business and are assisting you in locating here, growing here, um, uh, whether it's, you know, helping to redevelop the Yorktown Hotel or identifying the workforce needs and exposing, you know, uh, students at a younger age to their career opportunities. We do a whole heck of a lot. There's a lot we do really well, and there's certainly a lot more to come. And um, you know, it's been a, it's been a blast these uh, first couple months, just getting immersed in the organization and learning all those uh, idiosyncrasies and ins and outs. Sure. I think I'm going to go off the script a little bit here, if you don't By mind. All means. Um, so I think as I've gotten to know you a little bit, uh, it's pretty evident to me and I'm sure most of our audience that you're a fairly ambitious person and you have high goals for York County and yourself. So what sort of obstacles have you come across along your way that uh, you guys as a team have been able to overcome to push forward into what you guys see as the future of York County? Well, you know, I think in these last couple of years, um, I think it was a, a an excellent uh, concept to merge the Chamber and the Economic Development Corporation. Uh, and I think since then, you know, we've uh, need to do a better job of, of educating, you know, all of York County and all of our member organizations, all that it is that we do. And we've done that. And if you, you know, we've done some surveys out to, you know, the communities that we serve and certainly our, the awareness factor is going up. And so I think there's a heck of a lot that we do really well. I think part of the challenge that we have as an organization is because we are so diverse, because we have our hands in a whole heck of a lot, it's how do we best target and communicate that? And, and what does our messaging look like? And how do we, you know, get that message across to the appropriate, you know, people? And how can we do it, you know, most strategically, which is a challenge for any organization, certainly one that's that's as diverse and broad as, as we are. And, um, you know, that's one of the challenges that I think we have to surmount in these, you know, in this next initial, you know, couple months. But we're already doing it. And I think, you know, one of those amazing little statistics that I learned in those first couple weeks um, was last year we had our organization assisted in underwriting $30 million of loans to, to businesses and organizations throughout your county, leveraging an additional $17 million. I mean, that's astounding when you think of that figure for our organization. And that's one chapter in a, in a large, you know, lengthy book of all the services that we provide to the community. And we need to do a better job making sure people are aware of these services that we provide so that we can, you know, success begets success. The more good that we can do in York County, the more good that will inevitably occur. Sure. And speaking of success, what has been your biggest success so far? Well, I'm still here. That's a good step in the right direction. <laughs> We're all um, glad for that. Yeah, I, I appreciate that too. Shout out to the board. Um, now, I, I, I think, you know, like any job transition, getting up to speed and trying to learn as much as possible. I mean, our greatest resource is the people in the organization. And as I mentioned, you know, we have some incredibly talented people, some that have been doing this job for, you know, several decades, some have been doing it for several years, and some for several months, myself included. So I think getting up to speed and trying to learn as much as possible and hear as much as possible. And at the end of the day, you know, we're a, we're kind of a small, nimble group that has to be, you know, able to react and, and uh, multitask. And I think 
best deploying all of those resources and deploying your staff uh, wisely is, is probably one of the um, those target things that we have to do. So I think, you know, in these last couple months, I mean, just the fact that we are now embarking on a strategic plan for anyone out there that has done a strategic plan, it's not the easiest of processes. And um, I hesitate to even use the phrase because sometimes it just engenders thoughts of sticky dots and all day retreats and, you know, putting things on whiteboards, but it is an important process. And for us, you know, several years after the merger of these two organizations, um, now trying to, you know, strengthen the direction and refine the focus for, you know, the, the chamber component to the organization the economic development component, the workforce and education. I think it's an important process for us to go through this strategic plan. And we've kicked it off now. And that's that's exciting. And that'll take the next couple months. But through the summer and into the early fall, we'll be able to come out swinging with, you know, kind of a, a new look, refined focus, and really a renewed energy and a commitment to the community. Awesome. I love strategic planning personally. It's like my favorite thing ever. It takes a special type of individual, <laughs> but I found that those that really like strategic planning, like live and breathe it and really get jazzed about talking about it, which I think it's an important process. It's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> then actually doing it, I leave that to other people. Thinking about in the shower in the morning, just strategic planning. <laughs> yes. Like I, I, I'm with you, man. It's just, you, know, you can Strategery. accomplish really, Yep. Right. You can really refine your focus in the morning shower. So tell me, um, is there anything that you wish you'd done differently, differently uh, over the first couple months here? Um, start these podcasts sooner. Um, no, not really. I, honestly, that's a tough question. I mean, I'm sure, you know, in, in terms of perpetual improvement, we can all afford to do things better and, um, you know, improve our processes and improve ourselves. But I don't have any regrets. I think these first couple months, again, like I said, it's sort of jump in, you know, into the deep end, full feet, you know, two feet first. And that's, that's been an important part is really trying to get into the weeds and, and learn as much as humanly possible. Um, I think I was very fortunate when we made this announcement of this career change was back in August. So I kind of had a four month lead in time, which was a very long time. It was a very antsy period in my life to, to get up and running and get started. So I, I, I don't, I, I don't think there's a whole lot that I would do differently in looking back. Um, you know, I think it's, trying to exhaust oneself to get out as much as humanly possible, hear as much from the community and, you know, take as much information and feedback in this process, particularly as we foreshadow the strategic planning. I think having as much ample opportunity for the community to have some uh, ability to provide feedback to the organization. At the end of the day, we're an organization that provides a public good. Um, you know, we need the community to support us to continue advancing that good. Awesome. So, so what advice would you give a new executive going into a new organization? Hmm. Um, that's a good question, too. I think, uh, again, this may sound cheesy uh, or cliche, but it's probably listening. And, and, you know, I don't think anyone can jump in, despite whether you have decades of experience in that particular industry or organization. I don't think anyone can jump in and, uh, and affect change without having properly listened and, and tried to, you know, hear as much as possible, learn as much as possible from your organization and all the people therein. Doesn't mean you still may not come to conclusions where you have to change the course or change things around. But, you know, we've got incredibly talented people that know far more about the day-to-day -day aspects of their job than I ever could. So I think it's important for any any leadership person to, to listen. And then at the end of the day, we're all, you know, part of my job is to help, you know, ensure that other individuals are succeeding and, and being successful. So it's trying to equip them with all the tools necessary. And that's probably one of the biggest challenges that any, you know, person in leadership has in any organization, because there's always finite resources. But, you know, I think it's, um, 
trying to roll your sleeves up and hopefully demonstrate to, to your team that you're willing to get in the trenches with them and get the job done. And ultimately, you know, if every individual in this organization excels uh, well beyond what we could have ever hoped for them, then that then we've done a successful job. Awesome. So uh, speaking of all that, like, what are you most excited about right now as you're approaching the uh, halfway point of your first year going forward? What are you most excited about? How couldn't you be excited about this job? I mean, honest to God, really, like on a weekly basis, we get to work on redeveloping, uh, you know, a 20 ish million dollar project in downtown York to walking around downtown Hanover and working on, you know, some of the business recruitment and expansion, the main street philosophy over there to working with industry to expand here in York County to getting a, a inquiry from a Japanese-based company that wants to locate manufacturing here in central Pennsylvania, to going in and hanging out with high school students and talking shop with them about what they want to do if they could wave a magic wand and be doing you know, a profession tomorrow. I mean, this is an awesome opportunity and you know, certainly one that um, uh, you know, it's an incredible honor and a privilege to, to have this chance to work in this organization. But to work throughout York County, um, helping business, helping organizations grow. I mean, at the end of the day, there's no greater return on investment of time than helping a community you live in. I mean, I firmly believe that. And this job affords me that chance, which is just how could you not be excited? So what uh, what is your relationship with York County personally? And, and what really fuels your passion for this place? It's so obvious to all of us hmm. that know you well. Um, well... <clears throat> All right. The preface and the disclaimer, I was not born in York County. So let's get that out of the way. Neither was I. That's okay. Right, right. Now, I've spent over 50% of my life in York County. Not I, me. I will not be a York County yet, but it's getting into the DNA. You two will get there, Doug. Don't worry. Um, I grew up outside Philadelphia, came to York for York College um, after a short stint moving into the city of Philadelphia and, oddly enough, working on political campaigns. Came back to York County, settled downtown with my dear friend Sean Kenny. Um, had a great spot uh, in the 200 block of West Market, got involved in the city, ended up uh, working for the city of York in economic development, doing that for two mayors and better part of a decade, ran for office, obviously, and spent a couple terms in the state house and, and now um, have the opportunity to, to come here and work at the Alliance. I did marry a York native, so hopefully that earns me some brownie points. And uh, my wife, Jen, and I live in the city in the 700 block at George Street. I have our dog, Lucy, which fulfills her maternal instinct for the time being. And we just uh, absolutely love this community. Um, you know, York, it, it really is the nexus of the universe, as, as I know you and I have discussed. I mean, everyone has a York connection somehow. It's really odd. It's peculiar. It's almost eerie sometimes. Um, it has fascinating history. It's got fascinating bones. And obviously, some of the stuff that we're doing right now to transform York is, is pretty impressive. It's the center of the Pennsylvania political universe. Um, it's certainly the center of the Pennsylvania universe geographically and proximity. Um, and it has never ceased to amaze me how much this community wants to support the community itself. I mean, it's, it really is, I, I mentioned earlier, kind of success begets success. This community has so many individuals willing to give back and, and work, roll up their sleeves and try to improve and enhance, you know, your county and everything therein. So it never really, it's never ceased to amaze me how giving this community is um, and just how fascinating some of these really niche stories are. And, you know, York, um, it, it really is uh, the epicenter of, uh, of a lot of really cool stuff going on. And I might add not to, uh, not to, not to brown nose too much here, but <laughs> the York County Economic Alliance, from our perspective, has been so supportive of our endeavors and uh, and 
the, just the the people that are surrounding this organization and the and the support that we feel from you guys. I feel like you guys play a big part in facilitating that atmosphere and that culture that you've described. So thank you for that. Thank, thank you for that testimonial. I mean, no that, that's really honestly when, you know, going back to your last question of why you do this type thing. I mean, that your testimonial right there is really what's what uh, that's the ROI in this job that, you know, everyone in this organization, I'm going to speak for all of our team here at YCEA, but we're all doing this for the, the greater good in our community. So to hear you say that, uh, you know, and those, those stories are innumerable throughout the community of other individuals that we've been able to help in some form or fashion. And that's really exciting to be able to put our own fingerprints and spin on some improvement in the community in some form or fashion is, is really cool. All right, moving on. Okie dokie. Um, going back to the strategic planning. So as YCEA embarks on a strategic planning exercise, how do you intend to get feedback and involve members and other community stakeholders? Well, that pro the process really has begun kind of since I started in this transition and kind of and took over. And, um, you know, it wasn't limited to my coming on board here. Uh, you know, the organization had really been trying to seek feedback throughout that process. But I, I hope hopefully we amped that up a little bit. But, you know, in the latter part of December last year, we did a membership out to our, uh, or a survey out to our membership, inviting feedback on our advocacy agenda. So what are the types of legislative positions we're going to be working on this year? And um, from that, that helped inform on our advocacy agenda that we've now approved and adopted. Early part of this year in 2017, we did another survey out to the membership, just asking, are we doing a good job? And kind of that self reflective moment in the mirror to say, you know, what could we be doing better? We had great response. We had about 30% response rate from our membership and heard really uh, excellent feedback that, you know, people like hearing timely news from us. They like um, the events that we have. They, um, not surprising, a lot of the businesses that get involved with the YCEA do so to expand their network and broaden their audience. And so that was a good uh self, you know, that was kind of a good check, reality check moment for us, uh, particularly as we go into the planning process. And now, uh, you know, we're in full swing. So we have a strategic planning steering committee comprised of board and staff, and we've outlined a process um, that I'm sure we'll be doing public focus groups and interviews. And, you know, again, anyone that's involved themselves in any type of planning knows that, you know, there's a whole lot of phone calls made, a whole lot of interviews that take place, all that data collection, kind of the nitty gritty, really um, important part of planning is to get all that feedback. So there'll be ample opportunity, whether it's in, you know, larger focus groups or individual phone calls or surveys. So individuals have an interest and want to have their feedback heard, please let us know by all means, we, we want that to happen. So our hope is to have that kind of data collection component done by early summer before we start to lose people in vacation months. And, and then that gives us the next couple months throughout the summer to internalize and compile the plan, put it together, reset and, and come out post Labor Day swinging with a new look and kind of new renewed energy. So other than the um, the opportunity to give feedback to you guys, what are some other um, benefits of membership that you would um, like to outline for, for people who may be considering? Sure. I mean, there's there's no business or organization in your county we can't help in some form or fashion. I mean, and again, it really, you know, when people ask what our value proposition is as YCEA, it really depends on on who you are and what what 
what your needs are. I mean, that's, you know, first and foremost, we're going to kind of triage it and we're going to treat it like an ER. We're going to figure out how we can help. And, you know, there may be an, uh, an occasion where we can't, but I, I highly doubt that. So whether it is exposing, you know, your business to a whole new audience through our networking, whether it's buying into cost savings programs, whether it's energy savings or insurance savings, you can do that through us. Um, whether it's business financing, as I mentioned, you know, we helped with 30 million in lending last year. We did a whole lot of refinancing. So whether it's business financing to purchase new equipment, purchase real estate, expand the business, all of those things, or whether it's just connecting to the community. Sometimes people just want to be able to get involved in the community and help out. And, you know, we have an army of volunteers called our ambassadors that are always at all of our ribbon cuttings and at, at all the events. They're kind of our, you know, the mavens out there always talking about the good things in the community. Um, workforce and education, you know, there's not a week that goes by. I don't meet with an employer that doesn't say, you know, workforce is a challenge for them. And that, that challenge is really identifying, you know, how that, how many employees it takes to get to a good employee. Um, but also what are really the, the workforce needs in York County and, uh, today and tomorrow. And, you know, we're approaching 4.4.2% unemployment. So, you know, that's uh, fewer and fewer people in the job market. So, that's um, that's a, certainly a challenge that we got to be focused on as well. So really, kind of in a nutshell, the value proposition is we can help you. Um, we just need to hang out with you a little bit and figure out, you know, where where our our resources are best applied. But for anyone interested, I mean, you know, check us out. And and um, I think it's also important, and we need to do a better job educating our members. You know, we represent about a thousand and eighty members that uh, have about fifty one thousand employees throughout York County. And for any organization, any company that's a member of YCEA, all of their employees then are members. So, you know, the CEO may not want to go to a business after hours or may not have the time, but their salespeople may or their, um, or just individuals, maybe young professionals that are just joining the ranks of that company and they just want to get to know the community a little bit more. So they want to go to an economics club and hear, you know, an interesting topic once a month. So I think, you know, it's important for us to, to remind people that if you're a member of uh, YCEA, all of your employees are and that they can take part in any of the activities that we have throughout the course of a year. So that's interesting. Um, how would, let's say, hypothetically, I'm an, I'm an employee of a member and I wanted to, I just felt compelled to be more involved in the community and I like what your organization is doing. What would be the next step I would take to get more involved in what you guys have to offer and also what you're doing in the community? Well, I think, uh, you know, call us. I mean, you know, come check us out, uh, hit us up. Um, you know, I think, you know, at the end of the day, everyone in this organization is in the people business. I mean, we're, we're in the people connecting business and business is good. Um, now business is fun, I should say. Um, but I would say, check us out. Um, you know, whatever the best means to do that is, but, um, you know, then we can help connect you to those right resources. I know any number of our team members, whether it's Kate, Katie, Cindy, um, you know, they're meeting with individuals and, and, and kind of, you know, priming what their best opportunities to, to expand their network is. All right, cool. Uh, so hold that up again. <laughs> hold that up again. Obligatory. See, oh, she tried to so, be stealthy and we Doug, ruined it. What community partnerships are you working on right now? And how can York capitalize on all of the great many organization, many things that organizations are doing? Uh, personally, I'm working on creating a, a better business partnership with the York County Economic Alliance. You're doing a fine job, too. <laughs> stellar. Just a stellar job. Everyone listening out there, check out Bold Creative. He's a tall drink of water. That's true. I am. Um, you know, 
as I mentioned, we have 1,080 members. We have 51,000 employees that we represent. But there's any number of community organizations between, you know, the, the over 20 board members that each of their own right represent a lot of, you know, community organizations. Our, our involvement in the Athena program that really identifies, you know, incredibly talented female leaders. We work with York Traditions Bank through her traditions. Um, we're working with, you know, our economics club always has interesting uh, topics uh, throughout the course of a month. So, um, as I mentioned, the Yorktown Hotel, obviously, that's a community project. And, you know, there's going to be uh, a whole bevy of opportunity for people to have a say. We, we have heard the audience thus far. We've had a lot of these community town halls, focus groups, and we heard loud and clear that everyone wants a rooftop bar at the Yorktown Hotel. So we're working on that. Um, but there's, you know, we've done um, in the fall manufacturing days, kind of another little niche uh program that we run where we're trying to get students at a younger age into manufacturing facilities in York to see what that workforce is like and and to destigmatize manufacturing you know a lot of uh, manufacturing kind of harkens like a dickens novel it's kind of dirty dingy dangerous but really by and large manufacturing is is incredibly futuristic in today's economy it's you know employing robotic technologies that that are advanced and and cutting edge and so we want to make sure that our students throughout your county are seeing that firsthand and are understanding the career opportunities that exist right here in their backyard so other than um you know obviously you you mentioned uh, in the, in a few previous answers that you guys have created some some specific ways by which somebody could provide feedback to you guys. But if I'm a member of the community and I have an idea or a thought about a problem that you guys could address mm -hmm. or something like that, is there a specific way by which you guys um, kind of solicit that information? Or can I just call you and be like, hey, is Kevin there? I got an idea. Pick up the phone and call, man. Uh, email, tweet, Facebook, whatever, Instagram, Snapchat. I haven't figured that one out yet. But um, no, I, I, we invite, you know, feedback from any medium, any, you know, communications channel. I mean, ultimately, you know, if you just give us a call, happy to happy to connect. We've one of those uh, little kind of it's been a fun initiative that we started when I took over was Coffee with Kevin, which we've just had kind of open invitations to individuals if they want to come in and hear that update on YCEA and then provide some feedback and also get to know uh, other individuals that might be attending. We've had three of those thus far and probably near 80 attendees over the course of those three events. So, you know, I know um, everyone has a, an idea and, and, and really wants to have a say because, again, at the end of the day, YCEA exists to serve this community. So if you have that great idea, if you have feedback, if you have ideas on things that we could be doing better or maybe brand new, um, just let us know. So, yeah, pick up the phone, give us a shout, stop in, um, you know, I, you know, tweet, Facebook. You can stop at my wife's coffee shop. People can find me. All right. Um, is there anything else that you'd like the membership to know right now? Just that we are a facilitator and that uh, it's important to start here. Start with YCEA. And as I mentioned, there's really no organization or company throughout your county that we can't help in some form or fashion. So we, uh, we exist to help uh, position York for success. And we can't do that without the community support. I wanted to switch this up because I didn't want to ask you the same questions oh. that, that always get asked, but I, I think I'm going to mix in some of the same ones. So I'm, Lightning I'm, round. I'm pretty in. Yeah. Thunder. Okay. What's, what is your favorite type of music? Um, again, I I know. It's tough. It's so, I, I'm a student of rap, so I, I have to say I like all schools of rap really going up until the, I, I, I can't say I'm listening to today's modern rap, but um, I like everything from rap to 
Grateful Dead. So, I mean, really, I am pretty eclectic as well, and I'll listen to it. And, of course, I really, those formative high school years in the 90s, so I have to say every alternative 90s band, including live, um, born and bred here in New York. But uh, So everything from rap to Fish, Grateful Dead, to Pink Floyd and Dylan, uh, all the way up to... Um, you know, the, the, the great 90s uh, alternative rock bands. Awesome. So um, if you're a karaoke, what's your go-to karaoke song? I've only ever done karaoke once, and it was with Sean Kenny, and we sang Don't Go Breaking My Heart, and I was Kiki D, and he was Elton John. So I might not do that one again, but, I, I mean, I, I did dress up as Steve Perry in college once, and I gave a Journey concert at 2 in the morning. You only karaokeed one time in your one life? One time, I know. And believe me, it, it, it pains me every day in the shower. I, I think about it as I sing. We're, we are going to karaoke. I night. think we should do this next podcast We're, on the road and do it at a karaoke it's establishment. It's a mobile studio. It is. Let's do it. I'm, I'm down. Kate's on it. She just gave me the nod of approval. All right, we're doing it. Right. You heard that here first, audience. This is, a, this is an easy uh, question for you, but coffee or tea? Oh, Coffee depends. I do like I, I, tea in the evening. Uh, I I'll like I like a good London fog, but I can't go a day without coffee. It's in it's in my wife's DNA. Yeah, you have. It's to. in her hair and her purse, and she does smell like it often, <laughs> which is a delicious smell. All right, uh, tell us about your most influential slash most memorable experience in business. Oh, for God's sakes, that's that that's lumping it in. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to give the cliche answer right now, which is. Being able to walk to work, which is an awesome experience to begin with. So, you know, whether it's in my when, my time with the city or at the state house and having an office in New York City or now at the Alliance, being able to walk to work and to point to things that you had a, help, a hand in helping in your community, whether it's helping a small business get up and running or grow or establish or build a building, redevelop it, Habitat for Humanity Homes, um, you know, as, as corny as that may sound, it really is a blast to be able to, you know, walk throughout any neighborhood or drive around throughout your county and see things that you've uh, assisted with in some form and fashion, which there's always a thousand, uh, you know, success has a thousand parents and there's innumerable people that helped on all of those things. But to be able to have played some small role in it is, is fun. Okay. Uh, cats or dogs? Dogs. Of Lucy, course. she's adorable. Uh, cats are enjoyable too, but dogs. I'm dogs, a dog. of I'm course. A dog guy, yeah. Uh, Facebook or Instagram? MySpace. Uh, Tom's my friend. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, being on both, um, I'd say Instagram lately seems much more positive and, and optimistic, and you can sort of avoid a lot of the uh, being dragged into you know the discussions on Facebook that sometimes are just uh, a waste of time. You can go down the rabbit hole quickly on Facebook and and. Uh, so I, I think Instagram has been a nice little change of pace lately. What's your Instagram name? Kev Schreiber. It's very, yeah, very, very unique. Yes. Um, what's your most embarrassing moment on national TV? <laughs> uh, it was not embarrassing. It bought me brownie points for life. I did get caught, if you want to consider it being caught, saying I love you to my wife Aww. on MSNBC in the background of a Chris Matthews shot. Um which I didn't really realize uh, how big of a deal it would turn out to be until uh, I guess someone picked up that I was a politician saying I love you, and so they tried to figure out who I was saying I love you to, and then Jezebel, which is like a BuzzFeed uh, uh, production, uh, ran a story trying to find out who this politician was saying I love you to, and it turned out to be my wife. So cut the soundtrack with the aww, um, because it was my wife, and I, I got caught saying I love you, which is nice, and, and again, brownie points for life. What a guy. 
What a wife. If you could high-five anyone in York County right now, if they could just transport right here and you give them high-five and then they'd just be gone. Like, no conversation, just high-five. Done. Oh, my gosh, right there. He picked me. I just picked Doug. I mean, that was, well. I was hoping he'd say me. It's almost rev season, so downtown would be, he's always a fun one, one. too. And then, yeah. um, And, you know, downtown is great as a mascot. Um, it is my goal in life to be hugged and kissed by the Philly fanatic, though. Um, oh, I could arrange that. Could you really? Like the original Yeah, the Philly OG fanatic. Philly fanatic. I want him to do the face plant that he does. Where you know, he, he has like, in. he has a, the original has like a school, a, a school where he teaches people how to As a Philly fanatic, he can't talk. Does he just do the little party favored tongue? And I'm sorry, him? I'm ruining your. I know, this is. I'm sorry. I don't want to be kissed by the dude. Reel it back. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what's your favorite piece of art around York City? Uh, well, the Lafayette sculpture. Um, that's a good one. That was one of the first projects I got to work on with the city was raising the money to, to put that life-size sculpture of Lafayette. And I love that he's become our version of Billy Penn statue in Philly where he gets adorned with uh, beads or jerseys. I love the Pal sculpture, though. And this is kind of – he's tucked away. He's right on the rail trail on King Street and the rail trail just east of the Cadoras, so sort of by Logos Academy. It's a life-size sculpture of a golden or a, of a German shepherd. Um, he's just laying there along the rail trail, and the story behind him. All right, so I'm going to go. I'm going to tell the story because this this was a great one. So, um, Mr. Gladfelter, Art Gladfelter, who passed away a few years ago, is an incredible patriarch of York, and. Um, a few years ago, this was under the John Brenner administration when he was mayor. Uh, the city of York wanted to thank Mr. Gladfelter for all that he had done for the community, and we had spoken with his wife. We wanted to surprise him, and and um, and you know through Tony Campisi and several others, um, they determined that he always loved his childhood dog Pal, and if we could do a life-size sculpture of Pal, that would really be something. And we did. So we had Lorraine Jacobs, the artist. She got pictures. She did a statue. And so Pal is laying in the grass there. But the crazy story about Pal is, so when Mr. Gladfelter was 18, he enlisted in the Army in World War II. He also enlisted Pal, his dog, in the Dogs for Defense program. So Pal goes off to be trained to become a retriever and a sniffer and a messenger and all that stuff. And lo and behold, so Mr. Gladfelter goes off in the Army and they're on an allied occupied beach in France and Pal is there with his handler and they're trained to only respond to the handler handler and he bolts he runs off 100 you know yards away and Mr. Gladfelter was there pure happenstance jumps into his arms and they reunited there on a beach in uh, allied occupied France in the middle of the world in, in the middle of the war and uh, then, you know, they both went on to be honorably discharged, and Pal lived a few more years uh, uh, with Mr. Gladfelter back here in York. So just such a cool story. Still gives me chills to this day. Need, there needs to be, like, a movie made about that. But if you go by on the rail trail at King and the rail trail right at the Cadoras by Logos Academy, and you see a little German shepherd laying in the grass, there's a great little storyboard right next to it. I think that's that's one of those cool pieces of art. And then there's a whole lot of hidden art throughout York, and, and twice a year my friend J.J. Sheffer and I uh, host the Hidden Art of York Walking Tour, where we oh, take cool. you and show off all the little nooks and crannies uh, where you can find. Like there's a bust of William Shakespeare. I, I challenge everyone to tweet at me when they find the bust of William Shakespeare in downtown York. At Kev Schreiber? At Kev Schreiber, tweet at me when you have found the bust. I want to see a picture of it because if you come on the tour, I will show you. Guess what? I get a head start because this podcast is not going to be... I'll just say too, Doug, it's near your residence. Oh. The bust of William Shakespeare is about a 
block and a half from where you reside. I, yes, yes, I walked yeah, by yeah. it. Yep, yeah. Cool. Uh, I'm just going to keep going if that's okay. Yeah, sure. I'm like just hit it. I'm just uh, I'm just asking things I'm curious about now. So, I think for a lot of people who are from out of town like myself, mm-hmm. when you think of York County, you immediately think of York. But one of the more interesting areas of York County that I don't know a lot about, maybe you can help me out with, is the city of Hanover. And I've been there yeah. a couple times, and we went and we met the guys at Legacy Athletic, and that was awesome. But um, you know, what can you tell me about Hanover and what makes that place special? You know, from an, from any outsider perspective, if you weren't born and raised in Pennsylvania and you come to Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania is kind of confusing in how it does its local government. Um, you know, we have 2,600 local governments in PA. We have 72 local governments in York County alone. But I think, you know, one of those really strengths of our Commonwealth that is often overlooked is we have over 50 cities, you know, between Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, York, Reading, Harrisburg, Scranton, Erie, um, all of these great little cities that, that just like York are kind of the hubs of activity, the commercial centers, the history centers, the recreation and nightlife centers. Um, but you also have these really cool older boroughs um, like Hanover. Hanover is really you know, blowing up over there. And uh, as you mentioned, if if you've not been to Hanover, people should go check it out. I mean, not this is the shameless plug for, for YCEA and some of the efforts that we've done, but partnering with the borough and with Hanover Chamber to help um, create a Main Street organization over there, which really has been working to cultivate more of that downtown quality of place. But, you know, Hanover has that great heritage as well. I mean, you know, the, from shoe factories to, um, you know, the Eichelberger Performing Arts, the Guthrie Library. I mean, there's a lot of really cool stuff. Um, its place in Civil War history and, you know, the Battle of Hanover. Um, uh, so, you know, it's it's got all of the great, you know, kind of positive attributes throughout its history. It's got the same bones of, you know, any city in Pennsylvania, certainly like York. Um, and it's got great people there, too. So, and one of those odd little nuances that no one really knows about is Hanover's open container. So for miscreation, something wicked, for all those little bars uh, and restaurants and, and the new microbreweries and tap houses that are popping up, Hanover, technically, you can walk around with an open container, which uh, How about that? In the, I think it's in June is their annual sip and stroll, which is grab grab a pint of your uh, favorite libation and, and wander around downtown and, and get lost in, in, in culture and commerce. Uh, and enjoy that delicious libation. Matt, put that on the calendar. <laughs> okay, last question of the lightning round. <laughs> okay, so what advice would you give your 18-year-old self knowing all that you know now? Oh, boy. Um, I don't know, man. Um, I really don't know. That That is a tough question. I don't think I would do anything different. I don't regret any, you know, course of action in my life or career, certainly from 18 on. I think, as che- again, I'm only 37 now, so I'm starting to feel older, and I was just joking with my wife. I don't think I qualify as a young professional anymore. Um, so I think, you know, as fast as time really does go, and I don't even have kids, and I'm told once you have kids, it goes like lightning fast. Like that's, it's exponentially increases. Um, So I I think the ability to, you know, try to cherish all those relationships, try to cultivate all your friendships as best as possible, because it's inherent that, you know, you lose time over over the course of life and and responsibility. Um, So, you know, take it all in. I I think travel the continental U.S. a little bit more. Uh, I, 
if I, if I could, I don't even know if I could at the time, but through college, I wish I had taken some more time to drive cross country or something like that, see more of what America has to offer. Um, that's something that's on my bucket list. You know, we've been fortunate to go visit Europe and done a couple of like the islands, you know, the tropical islands, Jamaica for our honeymoon. I would love to see more of what, what our continental U S has to offer. Like Mount Rushmore is fascinating. The grand Canyon I've only ever flown over, um, you know, go to San Diego and see the zoo. So there's a whole bucket list, which I wish going back to my 18 year old self, maybe I'd say, try to do one of those trips a year or something like that. Awesome. Well, Kevin, what would you give? What would you tell your 18 year old self? That really is a tough one, right? I didn't know I was going to have to answer any questions. Um, (laughs) I think I would tell my 18 year old self, don't panic. (laughs) That's a good, see, that was so much brighter. (laughs) That was so much more introspective. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I do a lot of thinking. Things will be okay. Yeah. Be patient. Right. Student debt will be paid off. Yeah. By the time you're like 36, so it's okay. That goes fast. You'll be there before you know it. My mom has great advice that she reminds me of all the time. She says, nothing is ever as good or as bad as it seems. That really is good. I love that. Yep. Yeah. So I I should have just listened. That's the real advice. Listen to mom. That's what I would tell my 18-year-old self. Right. She was right. (laughs) I hope you tell your mom. I do. Well, Kevin, thank you for being a guest on the uh, York County Economic Alliance podcast. Thanks for hosting today, Doug. No problem. I, I appreciate the invitation to join you. Well, I'll, uh, I'll step in anytime I'm needed, but hopefully I'm not needed. <laughs> and thank you to all of our listeners. Okay, bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to this edition of the YCEA podcast series produced by Bold Creative Media. For more information, visit us on our website at www.ycea-pa.org or call us anytime and talk to one of our experienced staff members at 717-848-4000. And always remember to start here.